Julian, welcome to the African Tech Roundup. How are you doing? I am fantastic. You, sir, have been in streaming longer than it was a buzzword for most people. Um, pretty way longer. Much, um, way way longer. <laughs> way way longer. I think I first did my first stream probably, and I'm I'm, I'm guessing here. Yeah, I think it was either 2006 or 2007 at the South African Music Awards at Sun City. I used an app called Quick, which had just launched worldwide, QIK, on the Nokia N91. And I live streamed to six people backstage at the Psalmers. And I'm trying to remember who the first person I interviewed was. He won Best Afrikaans Album, and I can't remember who it was, to be perfectly honest. And then, what, 13 years later, however long that is now, over a million people have watched the content that I've produced at the Psalmers or been part of at the Psalmers over the last however many years. That is insane. What were you on to then? Uh, in terms of the potential of this of this new technology that other people just was totally you know not open to you know what we had been I, I had I used to run a portal called Entertainment Africa I don't know if you remember it back in the early 2000s no not quite yeah the concept of it was a, a centralized portal for African music and entertainment content and um, one of the first at uh, the company I was working with then back then was a company called Presence who were really at the forefront of creating digital Mobi sites in those not Mobi sites websites in those days for artists we did robbywilliams.co.za emrmusic.co.za we did all of these really cool things for the record labels back in the day and we kind of were at the forefront of creating this whole content revolution within the South African market space. Um, it was with a friend of mine, Tim Bishop, who was kind of a real kind of entre um, evangelist back in those days in the web space. And essentially we started this and we built the system for the Psalmist for judging. And it was kind of like, I was sitting there going, there was all this content, but I, I, nobody was getting to be part of it while I was there. So I was like, kind of, I want people to see what I'm seeing. And I was like, how do we do this? And even YouTube back then, I think it was still like kind of a novelty. It wasn't like a big thing. So I was like, kind of, well, you know what? I'm just going to do something. And literally, I, I had a Nokia and I was, I was using an N91 back then, I think it was. And I found this app and I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to go live. Nobody knows who I am, <laughs> but I'm just going to do it. I was backstage. We were doing some production stuff, and we went live, and six people watched, and I kind of like thought, okay, this is a start of something. Did a little bit more. By the end of the weekend, I think we maybe had a 1,000 views over the summers of the, of the content that I did backstage, but I was like, this is something. And I started doing this at Entertainment Africa. We used to have a little weekly vlog, and this was back then, of the album of the week and this kind of stuff. Um, a friend of mine, Ash, and I used to go back onto the balcony and just do this little video blog every day onto Entertainment Africa. And that's kind of where it started. And um, the biggest one we did was with MTN, Summers, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was 17 or 18. The last one that the, that the MTN sponsored, where we did over a million views. We created 13 mobile channels for MTN around the Summers. So now tell me, what's the interaction, at least in, in the mind of someone like you executing uh, on a project like that, in terms of the importance of people watching this live or, and people watching it on demand later? Yep. What's your approach to, to and what, what's more important in this context? So one thing to remember with VOD content, on-demand content, it needs to be short and bite-sized and straight to the point. You must remember, obviously, we're still very much a data-centric um, country, and 
people want to just get to the point, watch it quickly and move on to the next thing because they don't want to use as much data as possible. Um, the other thing was live, live though, if a psalmist is two and a half hours long, you're going to come in, go out, come in, go out into the stream. So you find this wave kind of happening throughout live streams. But it's never static. Whereas VOD content, they'll watch the 30 seconds or the one minute and then they go and they watch the next piece of content. So I think it depends on the kind of person. A live is very much you get bulk. And I think the last live stream that we did with MTN, we had nearly... Oh, I was close on six or seven hundred thousand people watched the live stream of Psalms that year. I can't remember exactly, um, but it was huge amounts in terms of that. That what MTN did though, and I think this was the first in South Africa at that stage as well, is they zero rated the live stream of the Psalms. So when you were watching the Psalms, there was no data cost to you as an MTN subscriber. I see, because I mean now. Um, your your insights are pretty unique because you've you've had it for many years. You've had a bird's eye view of streaming as a as a as an area growing, but also all the sort of industries around it that are now impacted by you know yeah. you know the change in technology. Uh, we look at cable and, and 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 you know and how that business is changing hugely. We see mobile telcos trying to you know not stay in their lane and, and try and consolidate around media as well. Uh, what else do we see? We see platforms that are out and out video on demand platforms that are trying to create original content and, and draw people to them. What to you is the biggest growth area in your opinion? Well, look, I mean, you know, everybody talks, is it television? And I read a really interesting article yesterday on LinkedIn by a guy saying the future of TV is not TV. And it has both sides of the story because people still want to watch content. And if you look at something like Netflix, and Netflix is a primary example of something that's working really well. I mean, they've now gone global. You can get Netflix in South Africa. You know, there's all these amazing shows. There's this um, Luke, Car Luke um, I can't remember. The Luke Cage, I think. Luke Cage, yeah. And I started watching that the other night. And it's like an amazing show. And the, you look at HBO, what they're doing in terms of Game of Thrones. Westworld launched this week. Those guys are creating content for the digital environment. And if you take something like um, the Luke Cage, that entire season was released in one go. They're not spreading it out and every week you get a different thing, which is your typical television scenario. The entire season of that Netflix show was out in one go because people binge watch. We have become a society of binges. We want everything now and we want it as quickly as possible. I don't want to wait next week to watch the next episode of Westworld or Game of Thrones. I want to watch it all in one go. So what you find consumers starting to do is that they're saying, okay, I'll wait till the end of the season of Game of Thrones and then I'll binge watch the whole lot in one go in one weekend because then they get it out of the system and they move on to the next thing because we have very short attention spans we live on multiple devices which means your television experience is no longer that screen my son is 15 years old doesn't watch tv he watches his ipad or he watches his phone his world is youtube he spends 90 percent of the time the content he watches is watching other kids create content around the the maps on this game or that game you know and that's what they do that's what these kids are doing they're not watching tv they, they couldn't give a damn, to be perfectly honest. That's their world. And so, you know, Showmax just launched in Kenya. Their big sell there is that you can you can pay for it using Mpesa, unlike Netflix, which would require you to have a card, etc. Um, and of course, on the on the continent, Showmax has this huge advantage of having all this licensed content. They're able to bring to market tons more content than Netflix could. Um, you know, so the Nasper's connection definitely playing well for them. What do you make of the trend towards local content and the need to sort of to cater to local audiences in order to succeed uh, in 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 the continent. The future of content is hyper local. 
forget international. Let Netflix and, and Hulu and all of those other guys and HBO and everything, because if you look at that international, there's an app for every single channel you can get right now. So let them do that. My focus, and I think the focus for South Africans and Africans needs to be hyper-local content. And if you look at the numbers from a music perspective in Africa and in South Africa, go to Nigeria. And um, Larry from MTN was telling us at a, at, a, at a talk one day that when he first joined Nigerian MTN, 80% of the content was international. Within two years, that had swapped around 360 to 80% of the content being bought was local. Nigerian content, which shows you the mindset shift that's already starting to happen from an African perspective. And I'm pretty sure if you go to any of the networks now and you ask them, what's your top selling content? It's local across the board. There is like no, it's a given. And even if you look at ringback tones on MTN and that kind of thing, the numbers are huge. I mean, guys, and it's all local content. So you have to hyper local content. You've got to create content for one, your community. I think community television is something that we haven't even touched on really in this country, specifically on mobile. Because honestly, and um, we provide mobile content to three of the major mobile networks, to Vodacom, to MTN, and to Celsi. We've got three different offerings in the marketplace currently, of which we're providing content. Um, our number one right now is we've just launched onto MTN, Pocket TV, available at a one rand a day subscription. And 90% of that content that we're doing on there is all local. And it's content we're creating or partnering with other local content providers to take into the market space. Within the first three weeks, we've, we're nearly on 50,000 subscribers. No way. Vodacom launched a video play on Vodacom. That's sitting on close on probably about 80,000 subscribers already on that. And that's all local content. Celsi, we provide a sports offering, which is probably sitting on about 20,000 subscribers. It's people want content that is relevant to them. And they want content that's immediate and now. And this is my dilemma with the likes of a Showmax and what we're trying to do in the mobile space because our space is short form. Showmax is long form. But I'm pretty sure if you speak to any of the major media companies, where's their focus right now? On short form. It's not on long form. Given the numbers you've just shared with me, try and put yourself in the place of the, a CEO at a Showmax, at a Netflix, at an Iroka TV, or even uh, other cable incumbents around the world. You know, What would you be worrying about? Or what would you be putting your team or your development team, your research and development team on in order to make sure you don't miss the next boat? I would just have people on the ground, in the communities. Um, there was a great project that I worked on a couple of months ago um, with the guys from Connect Up in Pretoria called Wi-Fi TV. They had crews literally on in the townships filming every single day. The content is not relevant to me. It means absolutely nothing to me. But to the person living in the township, that content became highly relevant. Now, what they were doing is they were providing the content in a free Wi-Fi zone. So if you were on the community, this content was free on the portal from data costs, and you could watch as much as you want of it. Now, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the numbers were insane as well from that perspective. And that's just an example of where I believe the future really lies. And that's why I was talking about community. You are more interested in what's relevant to you within your community. And you're also more interested in what people in your community are saying. And for me, that's massively important. And it comes to the same thing to music. I, 10 years ago, I was buying every international album. And, you know, you kind of were just like, yeah, I'll buy the new U2. I'll buy this. Now, I buy the short straw. I buy the MT. I buy the Mafiki Zolo. I buy the albums that are a part of my community because it's relevant to me. They're telling a story that is relevant to me as a South African or relevant to me as an African. Ali Kiba. 
is another prime example of somebody who's exploding within the African marketplace. And there's an, an incredible talent. And I mean, if you speak to the guys at Rockstar, they'll just tell you that he drops a video, 3 million views on day one. It's like, that's the kind of numbers you normally associate with the international artists, but we're getting it here. Why? Because consumers are interested in local. And I think that has to be key. I think from a, a, a major media company, if you're not focusing on local, you will be dead in the water within five years, in my personal opinion. I had a conversation with Teto Nyati some months ago, and he indicated to me that one of the, the challenges as, a, as an executive that he faces really around a lot of the changes that are coming is creating a sustainable model uh, around you know, the zero rating that needs to occur for, for streaming to become, you know, to deliver this content to people at, in, in a way that they can afford. Okay, so simple solution. And maybe it's not a simple solution. <laughs> I don't run a mobile network, so probably not the right person. But the concept of you buy data to what? To go into Facebook and everything. So why don't you buy video data? I'm sure that you can buy bundles of video data. And, you know, compression technology these days compared to what it was even a year ago, where you looked at a one-hour movie or a two-hour movie was about 700 meg. You can compress that down to two to 300 meg now utilizing the latest compression technologies out there. And a three-minute a three video, you can get down to like a meg, two meg. Now, if you're watching 10 of those, that's 30 meg. What's 30 meg on your data? Not a lot. And especially from a streaming, because remember what we do is we do a handshake with the device. We see what device it is. We see what video player you're using and we deliver the appropriate sized byte content to your device. So I'm not sending you a full 1080p or 4K video to your little Blackberry and sucking up all your bandwidth. I'm sending you a 240p video to your phone because that's what your phone can handle. So I think that becomes important. So I think the networks and I'm, and I'm, I mean, I can't give away too much, but I know that the, the, the guys are working on different projects across the board, and I'm sure it's across all the networks, of where they're coming up with these sustainable business models for video streaming. Because let's be honest, video is the way to go. It's, it's a two-way interaction. There's a lot more that you can get out of a video. I mean, I'm playing a lot in the VR space at the moment, as obviously we've been playing together. And I mean, just in that space alone, I'm just seeing the reaction even from the Samsungs of South Africa, when they see that VR content, they go, wow, you guys are doing some amazing stuff. It's a whole new world and it takes it to another world. And I think the content creators, one, they have more opportunity to make money in the, in the mobile space than what they do in the television space. Remember, the other thing about mobile, I don't have to go make 13 episodes of a show. I give you one, we see what the reaction is and we try another one and then we try another one, which is, I mean, if you look at it in terms of what you guys are doing as well, we did a pilot. The pilot was received really well. We did a second interview, a second episode. That was received very well, and so we build it. But I'm not having to fork out millions of rands to create this content. And if you look at what's happening in, in, in the rest of the world, vlogging is the next big thing. Guys in the States have got bigger billboards than movies, and they're vloggers. They are making a killing, and we've got to be stepping up from an African perspective, creating good content. Now, I'm not saying let's just go and create content and turn it into another YouTube chaos and a baby crying becomes the next big thing. No, I'm not saying that. I think we need to be intelligent. We need to set up tools for content makers and forums or whatever it is. I mean, we're working on, and that's one of the nice things in terms of what we're trying to do at Stream Digital is we're working with brands to create content offerings for brands. So you're finding ways now for them to communicate to their customer and also to their internal staff utilizing video because literacy is still a big problem. So video can combat that in a big way. So we need to look at all these kind of things and it's from an education, entertainment, edutainment 
perspective from a video perspective. And that's where I think video is going to change everything. Yeah, you definitely see uh, you know, platforms like Eurocox X taking that. that. Yeah, Rubicube. Yeah. Um, they're doing some exciting stuff as well. There's a lot of guys out there. And I think it's about time we step up and we, we develop an African YouTube entrepreneurship environment so for content creators and i've met a lot of young guys around africa um in ghana and kenya and, and and all over the place in south africa right here that are young ambitious and they're making some incredible content but one they don't know how to monetize it they don't know where to put it they think by putting it on youtube they're going to make money you don't you've got to hit millions of views to start really making real money on youtube and i know some guys who are making some serious bucks out of youtube on, on their youtube channels but for the average guy on the road you know you've got to find people to watch it it becomes difficult so work with the content aggregators especially from a video perspective that are there and yes i'm giving myself a plug here because this is what we do but even in your own countries and find the right people and form an industry that we can build together not a television industry guys i'm not talking about television industry i'm talking about a mobile video content industry which we've never had before and we probably need like you know forums for this we need rules and regulations for this because i'm sure they become important so that we get the right quality of content and that's important what's your advice for for platforms i mean you're building one in pocket tv so i mean epd iroko new view iflex what what are you, what is your advice to local platforms that are looking to harness uh, everything you've just said well look i think the most important thing from a local platform perspective is you need to work with the telco i honestly believe that you cannot do this on your own the one thing a telco gives you is infrastructure it gives you customers and it gives you billing and billing is probably the most important thing we need from an African perspective. You were talking about the guys using M-Pesa as a billing. We work with, for example, with MTN, we use airtime for billing. So you need credit cards, PayPal in an African situation is not the way to go. But so it's, it's about finding ways to reduce the friction for, for the consumer. 100%. And there's a great billing engine that I'm loving at the moment. I know it's not video, but it's just WeChat's whole new wallet that they've launched. And they reward you for buying and this kind of thing. And all of a sudden you're using SnapScan as your actual no cash needed. It's just that kind of concept, making it easier for people to buy things or to engage in things or to subscribe to things has to be the way to go. And your primary thing when it comes to any platform is one, how do you monetize it? And two, how do you make it as easy as possible for the consumer to interact with it? Because if you don't have that, they're not going to watch. People are also, what we also need to realize is 90% of consumers are used to a YouTube model. Click, see what's like, similar, et cetera, et cetera, and watch the next video. And that's just the way it is. So we need to work within that environment, but create innovative, and then that's where it becomes about the content. You can have as many platforms, and I think that within the next five years, platforms will become ubiquitous because there will be millions, and it's not going to be about the platform. And where the power is going back to, and I really, really believe this, the power is going back to the content owner. Cable, um, the, ca the cable networks, they're in trouble. So DSTV... And, and your buddies around the world, you need, to fix, you need to figure something out. Then there's obviously the massive uh, long-form VOD platforms, the Netflix, the, the Showmaxes in our context. Um, I guess Iroko TV would fit there. And, the, and, and they come with a, a totally different model that, that requires licensing, um, long-form content, a, a significant amount of it, often uh, overseas content, as well as finding some of the best stuff locally, as well as making some of the best stuff locally, which is a complex and difficult process, but it must be done. And they obviously, uh, you know, the likes of Euroco TV are, are winning in some respect. Then 
there's this new wave that I that I'm really hearing you push in a in a much bigger way, which is being spurred by mobile, yeah. uh, uh, to towards short form content and uh, and and towards creating platforms and harnessing all the talent that's kind of just floating around, not sure how to monetize, not sure how to make it happen. Speak directly now to a creator, a content creator, who's with the potential to create in any one of these environments uh, and, 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 and speak to how they need to go about or what they should go about, uh, what should they concentrate on and why? I think first and foremost, you need the tools. Because if you don't have the tools, you can't create the content. And I think it's very important that you utilize the tools that you have at your disposal. If that's a mobile phone, use it. And use it to the best of ability. But make sure that you sh when you're shooting content for mobile, also realize the screen that you're producing for. You must understand this is not a television, a 60-inch television, etc. You're literally sitting with a screen that's maybe the size of your palm of your hand. So your content needs to fit in comfortably within that screen. And it needs to be easy to watch and I think that's key you know and there's one thing I always used to say watching a Wi-Fi on a television and watching it on a mobile phone is not the same experience I'm not going to see those beautiful shots of Hawaii on my phone the way I'm going to see it on a, on a UHD 60 inch plasma or whatever it is television I'm going to see a very different experience and it's not going to be the same so when you're creating content for mobile realize your environment and I think that's very very key to, to guys as well and be straight to the point the days of having a 30 second intro Go away. One to two seconds. If you do not capture your consumer within your first 10 seconds of your piece of content, they will click on. Realize that the consumer of today is bored. <laughs> they want instant gratification. They're not prepared to wait. If you don't capture them within the first 10 seconds, they will move on. And that is vitally important in any piece of content that you create. And I think that's probably the most important lesson I can say to any content creator. Get to your point and make your story interesting for the device that you're aiming at. So I think that's vitally important. Long-form content in this environment, in my opinion, do you have time to watch a 20-minute clip on your mobile? No. no. No, we want to watch something that's up to three minutes so that we can move on to the next thing. You're sitting and waiting for a meeting. Cool, let me go quickly check out the latest sports news. You know, I think that's where the, the likes of a NASPAS and MultiChoice will, will always succeed because they've got the rights to the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the type of long-form content we always go to watch. I'm always going to watch my favorite football team. I'm always going to watch the Springboks or the cricket or the Bafana Bafana. You know, I'm always going to watch that content because it's relevant as country, but it's going to be a two-hour game and so be it. That's we, we accept that kind of stuff. And... Your big-time television is your Game of Thrones, your HBOs, your Netflixes, and let them do what they do well. And I do believe there will be a Netflix South Africa kind of uh, popping up out of this all. Uh, I'm not saying they're called Netflix, but do you understand? You know what I'm saying? The equivalent. The equivalent of a Netflix. Showmax hopes they're that. <laughs> well, if Showmax is it, then good. But I want to see content, the quality of Netflix from Showmax when they produce local. I want to see the Stranger Things. I want to see the Game of Thrones. And I know it's African, and I want it, but I want it local and I want it important to me. And look, um, MultiChoice and Mnet have put up some great shows over the years and uh, shows that I've, I've been hooked on myself. So I hope they get that right. But I think they need to find the balance because I think the, the, the one thing is we're not a first world continent in terms of technology and television. We don't have Wi-Fi everywhere and cable the way that they do in the States. We have mobile phones. This device is the device of choice for probably 90% of the consumers in Africa. You're not going to watch a movie on your mobile. If you are, let's create a new format. 
the 10 minute movie and it's something we've actually been working on it is the concept of creating the 10 minute movie yeah buzzfeed is is awesome at the, with their series um the series they create and the cult followings they build around them so 100 and that's one of the things me personally is one of the big drivers for me over the next five years is to create this content hub for these kind of things to happen i want to become that kind of new breed of netflix in short form for the African market space, but short form. That is what I believe in is 100% long form. I don't have budget for that. <laughs> Let's put it honestly. We don't have budget for long form. We're about short form content. We're about getting a message and creating hyper local content that's relevant to the guy in the street. If it's not relevant to him, he will not watch it. So tell me about Pocket TV now in terms of practically how... Um, let's talk about how I access it, uh, how I access that content um, if I'm a user and how I get my content on the platform if I'm a creator. Okay, so as a user, you log on to MTN Play and we've got two channels up there currently, which is um, Pocket TV and All Sports, which is our sports news service. And effectively, you click on the button that says, would you like to subscribe at one rand a day? It's a double opt-in as per all the normal ECASA regulations and everything that you have to do. The person subscribes and they watch the content. It's that simple. We are looking at prepaid. Um, we're looking at bundled deals with data going forward. Um, it was our first month to test out how the service was going. And as, as, as I said earlier, we're overwhelmed by the response to the service, which just means that the market is looking for something and we haven't even launched our main content offering so what i am saying to, to guys out there that have got content chat to us come um send drop me a mail julian pocket tv.mobi chat to me if you have content look let's look at ways that we can monetize your content and we can create a platform for africa i was asked five ten years ago at a at a chat in in, in nairobi what was my dream and my dream is to create a youtube for africa that's what i want my ultimate goal is to have a piece of my content play on every single mobile phone in Africa. If I can do that, thank you very much. I'll be on the island. You can catch me with my long margarita and I'll be chilling. So the, the, that is the real key. And make relevant content. Guys, you know, don't just, it's you and your buddy, like, you know, there's all those like kind of things where the guy's just like, hey, wow, I'm like so cool. Like, no. <laughs> really make stuff that makes, you know, you look at the stuff that's like happening on Fismas 4. Everybody's has, everybody has a message. We'll make that message. Let's launch a Feasmus 4 channel that is relevant, that is talking to what the real problems in education in this country are. And maybe, actually, it's not a damn bad idea, <laughs> actually, is that maybe we need to set something up like that. Let's create a Feasmus 4 channel where we talk about what's actually important and not go and destroy the libraries. And I understand why people are doing this. I understand the anger and the frustrations. And I see both sides of the story. And I think both sides have a story to make. And yes, there's looters in this, but... People are angry, and we have a right to be angry in this country. And unfortunately, anger takes its form in so many different ways. But maybe we should take that form in video, and maybe we should be making a message and making a story out there that will be the future of what our children, my 15-year-old son, in five years' time, when he decides to go to varsity, he can go to a varsity with pride, and who knows, maybe it will be free education, but it will be free education with the meaning. You know what I'm saying? Not just anybody and everybody go, but you actually achieving something. So, you know, maybe we've got, we've also got a, a part to play in this as video creators in this country, and maybe we need to do more. 
And so tell me how, what's the model around monetizing for the creator? So from a creator perspective, we have a revenue share model and it's a straight revenue share model. So you provide us with your content and based on what the content is, it's kind of a pay-per-view. So if you get, if somebody watches your video, we pay you some money. It's that simple. It's obviously kind of based on the amount of content owners we have. And we've got to be also be careful because what I don't want to have is to create an entire portal where I've got a million content prov providers and now we only get 100 views. <laughs> You're all going to get 0 0.0.0.1 0.0 cent. Or, or that end, I can also see like the just the admin <laughs> Of, of like administrating. So I suppose the, the curation aspect That's of it is important for you. So curation is vital. So yes, we're going to create. And honestly, curate. And honestly, if I don't believe the content is relevant to the MTN subscriber or to my Vodacom subscriber or to the Celsius subscriber, I'm not going to put it on. And this is across. So, okay. In terms of scale, this is mind blowing because this is MTN wherever MTN has a footprint. Currently, we're starting in South Africa, but with our view is to take it across Africa. Um, we're working with some brands. Um, can't tell you today, <laughs> but maybe next week I can finally unveil it. We are launching a major brand mobile TV channel in the next couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. And our aim is to take that across Africa, um, which and it's 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 focused on short form content. So yeah, I mean our plan is to go across Africa. We currently provide provide content not on our platform, but into Vodacom Video Plays platform, where we're providing them some content. As I said, we've got content on various networks, and most of the content we provide is customized for the network and to what their requirements are. You know, I mean, having had the chats with a lot of the, the mobile telcos that are like dabbling in the space on the continent, I won't name names. Um, I have to say many of them are taking the traditional approach to, 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 to creating content. And if they're listening now, they're probably rethinking some of their ideas because um, you might just outstrip them uh, by scaling fast, uh, by sp scaling quickly and, and reaching places. They, they might not because they've bogged themselves down with, you know, old models. Yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't proclaim to know everything, and I'm, I'm not saying that my way is the only way, but I do believe that in, in, in a market space that we are in in Africa, short form has to be the right way to go because, because of the way we live, and if you look at the taxi environment just in, in an African perspective. People spend a certain amount of, ta of time on a taxi per day. That's not enough time to watch a movie, but it's enough time to watch a short Mobisode. Now, if you take, so let's take a, sh a show like Generations. If all of a sudden Generations became a 10-minute show as opposed to a one-hour show, you could still get the same story across in those 10 minutes that you normally took to do an hour and your budget cost would come right down. So think of it that way. I think we've got to think out of the box. If we're going to make this work and to all those telco heads, hey, you want to chat to me? I'm available anytime. I'll even give you my cell phone number. <laughs> but seriously, we've got to change the way that we work. And I think the biggest problem for mobile operators, and it has been in the past, what has their biggest job been up until now? To sell mobile phones and airtime. Media is not a space that they're used to. So my advice to telcos is work with guys that understand the space. They want, they want to build something. And leverage your, your scale and access to the market. Exactly. You guys sell phones. You guys sell airtime. These guys sell media. Let them help you build. Because my honest opinion, the next big thing is not an us pass. It's a mobile operator in the media space because they own that customer. And they've earned that customer from a billing perspective and they own them from their handset perspective. Because the one thing we do, and I don't know how much they do it in the rest of the world, but when you buy a contract, you get a phone with it. So they own you. That mobile operator owns you. So therefore, why not own them from a content perspective? And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, how many mobile customers are there in Africa? I mean, if you look across all the networks, probably about 600 million. 
actual customers in the African market, you get 1% of that engaging in your video content, I'm pretty sure you're bigger than Showmax. Wow, fantastic. Well, this has been an awesome chat. Thank you so much, Jules, as I call you. <laughs> Julian uh, von Plato, to the rest of you. <laughs>